Welcome to the Kino Yoga Podcast, bringing you the stories of many people who in various ways are attempting to walk the path of yoga. Our intention is to inspire your own practice and commitment to yoga beyond the mat and in all areas of life. We consider this an offering, a service to the community and labour of love. If you feel inclined, any donations are appreciated, just visit our page and click the donate button at www.keenonyoga.co.uk forward slash podcast. I hope you enjoy the show. Christina Karatanu Ireland started practicing in 1991, introduced by her late husband, Derek Ireland, of what was the practice place in yoga, now is Yoga Plus in Crete. She then practiced for many years with Derek, went to Mysore, became authorized, and upon Derek's passing, started practicing and teaching in Brighton, where she lived and brought up her two sons, subsequently moving to London, and then more recently back to Crete. Now she has a yoga studio in Crete in Rethmano, where she practices, teaches, mentors, teachers, and also practices Zen Buddhism, which she's very keen on. Christina is certified by Manju Joyce to teach up to advanced A, including series. Welcome, Christina. Uh, thank you so much, Ian, for uh, inviting me. Um, I've been introduced uh, on a Sangha Vagansa Yoga by the mother of a friend of mine, uh, when I was 18. And um, she just said to me, you know, your body, because at the time I was doing uh, theater and dance, your body is not for dance, she said to me, it's for Asanga yoga. And because a few years earlier, I did try some yoga when I was 16, uh, that was Hatha yoga mainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, okay, why not? Let's have, uh, you know, let's try and see how it is. And she suggested to me to go to a yoga center that they call it Lotos, and the teacher was a student of Derek's. So uh, the first class I did with her was like, what is this? You know, it was like, I was so enthusiastic because I felt on my body, you know, um, what what I used to see on ancient Greek statues. Because my mother, you know, she used to take me all over Greece. Uh, Her work is like a tour guide. And I used to see this opening on the chest and this vitality on the faces, on the statues and the beautiful bodies. And I experienced from inside with the use of the breath and experiencing the flow, I experienced exactly, I said, this is it, you know. On my second class, I give up everything on my studies and I said, this is what I'm going to do. And the teacher, she was so inspired that her name was Linda Capitani when also I studied there with Pericles Christologlos. Greek names, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember them. Where was that? In, Lu- in Lutro? Not no, in Lutro. this was, no, I'm not from Crete. You know, I am from Athens. I'm, I've been born in Athens. I've been born in Plaka, under Acropolis. I'm Plaka? 100%, yeah. And wow. my parents have been born in Athens too. Yeah, um, okay. Right in the so, center. Um, yes, just, mm. just, just under Acropolis, okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but the yeah. thing is that um, this uh, center was in Athens, and right. um, it was the team of these three people, actually, Linda, Pericles, and um, uh, the thing is that they were doing so amazing work, you know, and Eleni Kiriakopoulou was the third person, who was actually one of the first people to go to Mysore and study with Patabi Joyce directly, and um, Eleni Kiriakopoulou, and also uh, Alexander Dimitriou. So all these people, you know, they've been the people actually, they really inspired me, you know, mm-hmm. for, uh, yeah. for your son. Yeah. So okay. that was my and beginning. Then, <laughs> then you came to Crete, you know. Oh, then well. I came to Crete, yes. And I came to Crete um, two years later because my teacher, Lida Kapatagin, said to me, I cannot take you further. You know, her practice at the time was up to Navasana, and uh, she really felt for me that actually maybe she saw some potential already. You know, I was giving myself too much into the practice. And slowly, slowly, I start, you know, uh, because I was studying next to her in all the yoga classes she was teaching at the time. It was a yenga yoga therapy and everything. I would just be on the classes full time, just sit on the corner and take notes and realize, apart from my practices, of course. And... Um, she just fell for me and she said, you know, I, I can see a potential that actually you need to get further into your practice. And she said, are you going to go to Patapi Joyce 
or you're going to go to Derek Ireland, my teacher. And I called Patabi Joyce because back then, you know, obviously, <laughs> we did not have, you know, uh, mm. e- even emails were not existing, right? Yeah. Uh, and I called him and I said, uh, can I come, uh, you know, in June? And he said, no, if you want to come, you have to come now. And it was May or something. Uh, it was beginning of May. I said, I cannot really come now. So um, I postponed my uh, my traveling to, to him for a few years later. Yeah. And I went to Crete. And I went to Crete to study with Derek. You know. And uh, yes, this is how things started. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Okay, and how's it? I mean, obviously, we both have history with that centre. Me, you know, later, um, and you, you know, very early days of the practice place, um, you know, and, and we've touched upon it in many of the podcasts that this was a, a kind of hub or really the kind of the, the hub of Ashtanga Yoga in Europe, which is not really known these days. It's not, you know, people don't know that really Europe, you know, Derek started Ashtanga in Europe and it came from this 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 place called the practice place in Crete, right? Um, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so what's happening was that that actually uh, Derek and Radha, his ex-girlfriend before me anyway, uh, they were in uh, Bahamas studio uh, of Shivananda, uh, the Shivananda studio in Bahamas, okay? And they was running the place. They were running the place. Um, and that had uh, given them the knowledge of how to run an ashram. Yeah, yeah. So basically, uh, Derek has been introduced into the Astanga in this place, in Bahamas, by Swami, secretly. Uh, he taught him, you know, the, uh, the practice. And then um, he took all this knowledge of how to run an ashram. And he wanted at some point, a few years later, to create a center in Europe. That it was the first Astanga yoga center, right? Mm-hmm. But it was not just in a form of a yoga uh, studio. It was in a form of ashram. So in this place, we used to go, we will practice, we will work for six hours, you know, in order to have good food, amazing practice with Derek, amazing practice, right? The legacy, um, the legacy was still running even after he passed away. And, uh, I would say it was quite a, yeah, there was definitely a strong community around it. Um, you could even say army, where it was a hard work. That place was run along tough lines and you worked hard, you know? Lines. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if we take the location, okay, we all know that actually this is a place actually for somebody to experience huge, strong wind. Okay, yes. so, yes. <laughs> you know, whoever been in this place, you know, you had the challenge of the weather, a beautiful, amazing place, of course. But we had to run uh, a place that actually had to offer meals. They had to uh, feed people outside, you know. I mean, uh, so all of us, uh, Ginger Lee, uh, John Scott, you know, Michaela Clark, me, I mean, all Hamish Obviously, we were used to have a work there. You know, one is going to be for the terrace, one is going to be for the rooms. But the thing, the most important thing, this is what is missing from the community now, is that we work on karma yoga. We work uh, because it was not for us. It was for the guests. It was for the people that will come, that will be introduced, that will practice. And this part, I think, is what created uh, a team of uh, students that they will have a sense of responsibility and they will try to give the best on the teaching for the mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and can you just say a little bit about Derek for people that don't know Derek? Obviously, he, you know, even his legacy, when I arrived a couple of years later after he passed away, he was still very well talked of and known there. He's a huge personality very formative on teachers that you mentioned, Jinji, Lee from London, Hamish from London, John Scott internationally, <laughs> many places. I mean, yeah, I mean there were so many Henry, of us. Um, um, many, sorry, I'm not saying on the names. There are many from many yeah, countries. Even people <laughs> you don't realize went there. Um, you know, they did, you know. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Absolutely, the energy, because the energy is passing through the lineage. I mean, it's something nobody can can stop. And sometimes with this uh, situation, you know, we see that actually some people, they, you know, when they go finally to India, uh, then they start to refer directly to Sri K. Padabi Joyce or to Sharat or anything. But the work, the real work, it happened far before that. But from the senior teachers that actually they, every day they had to pull the ribs and they lift their bodies, you know, to teach to teach us, you know, five, six, six things to be able to understand what we will, we will receive later from the Indian uh, gurus, okay? So, um, 
this is a big thank you, you know, to to our senior teachers. And uh, I think that basically that was the that is a contribution of them. Um, now about Derek, I mean, what what somebody can say about Derek, you know. Uh, most of us, we've seen the pictures, and uh, uh, even from the pictures, somebody understands that actually was a person that was beautiful, inside and outside. Mm, mm. <laughs> that was really, uh, we talk about very strong character, shy at the same time. But, I didn't realize that, right? I mean, obviously, the pictures are amazing. He does look like a Greek god, doesn't he? Um, yes. And he wasn't yes. a professional football player. What, what, uh, well, what happened, you know, uh, Derek had a, um, a troubled history for some years, uh, but, you know, he's been born in 1949 in Brighton, and uh, it was, um, you know, a young man on his 20s when the 70s was ar uh, arising, you know. So basically, he was a very strong, um, you know, athlete, and he was involved in football. In some point when he had a really difficult um, injury, he had to give up, uh, you know, his career mm. in football. So, you know, uh, after a few years, uh, he found himself in a really troubled situation with drugs and, um, you know, a bad, a bad mm. news, you know, for his body. Yeah. And uh, literally, you know, I mean, he escaped from death uh, two, three times. So basically, that was really a waking call. The last time was a waking call for him. And it was the period actually he met Radha and he started to evolve into yoga. And uh, they start traveling together. And slowly, slowly, you know, this, the knowledge he has from these troubled uh, years, um, which actually really easily he couldn't, uh, you know, he couldn't die. I didn't say so he was really into drugs, was he? It was, it he was. He was. He passed a period of his life. That he was, he had this, uh, you know, his troubled. Uh, right, I didn't realize that. Right, okay, yeah. right. So that was that a was, of course, was an effect mm. because he was a very strong athlete and mm. he could not really anymore perform. He could mm. not anymore play because the yeah. injury on his knee was so severe. Okay, yeah. And you know, it happens. You know, when you when you deal with this sort of like um, hormones and situation, it's just you, very often you find uh, a, a ways to replace that. And the thing is that being back in, you know, in 70s, which was the, his career change, you know, to organize um, um, rock bands and, you know, it's a, it's a whole lifestyle. Okay? Yeah. So basically, yeah, right. because we never used to talk too much about the past. Um, I really had respect on this, you know. But the thing is that uh, they met each other under these situations and slowly, slowly, he started to change his diet by practicing the yoga, by being in an environment that actually was really uh, beneficial for him. He started to use his strength towards the benefit of himself and other people. And um, that, made, that, that made him, that transformed him, transformed him to this beautiful, you know, amazing creature that actually he was light for all of us. And uh, you can tell that because nobody, after his death, nobody tried to commercialize him or nobody tried to, uh, right. you know, use him for his career. All we use, we keep him deep in our hearts, you know, and we are very grateful for him. Yeah, anyone, yeah, anyone that's been to Gingy or, or even, what, Hamish as well has a, has a picture in the studio in London. Um, John, you know, I mean, John... I'd love Derek up to this day. Um, yeah. Who can deny, you know, I mean, he changed our lives. Mm, uh, mm. He changed the lives of so many people. And at the same time, not only he changed our lives, he gave us, gave us the, the right tools for this. So um, what's happening after being in Bahamas, he's been introduced by Swami there for the first sequence of Ashtanga. And then he find uh, part of the lineage because some people they will travel to India and he will ask them to find where the tradition of Krishnamacharya uh, is continuing. Uh, by the time these people they went to Mysore, Krishnamacharya already is gone to Madras. So uh, somebody informed Derek already that it was Sri Kepa Joyce in India. Uh, after that, after Bahamas, they went to um, to America, and at the same time, they started to travel backwards and forwards uh, to um, to India and visit Patapi Joyce every winter, and stay there for months. And we have to understand back there was there will be six people, and it was this lineage, you know, that will include. Um, uh, no lineage, sorry, the line of teachers that it will include back in the 80s Richard Freeman and Mary and 
they will sit for hours after the practice and they will talk about ways of introducing the practice with the safest way uh, to the Western people. So actually, this line of teachers uh, that they have big respect for the one for the other, uh, they brought their sangha uh, to Europe mm, and to yeah. the rest of the world. Yeah. Uh, but taking taking the principles of Ashtanga, but at the same time using the Iyengar knowledge, using the uh, Shivananda knowledge, use knowledge that actually is common to all the lineages. Okay, so um, being studying with Patabi Joyce for years um, and being in U New York, he decided to come back to Europe. So when he came back to Europe, the first place actually they taught at the time, because they used to teach with Rana at the time, uh, was Skiro Center. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And this was when um, John met uh, Derek and everything. And um, after that, he had a strong urge to create an Astanga Center, only, uh, only Astanga in Europe. Okay, so uh, somehow the information came for Crete, and um, this is how he started in Crete. Now, then he met me. <laughs> and uh, then, uh, you know, we started to teach. Uh, he started to teach because obviously I was a student. He, he you were his student. And, yeah. Yes, yeah. he denied for me uh, teaching. He said to me, you're not going to teach. You have to be really, really, really good on teaching. Really, really good on, on your practice. I don't want people to say, actually, you're teaching because you are my girlfriend. Right. And, he was so right on this, you know, because he will not allow me to take a class by myself only six years later because then he will, it was in a situation he will be ill and then he had to really see my abilities, you know. He didn't let you until he was really, um, he didn't have any choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He didn't. I didn't, right. right. I didn't but, uh, you know. So you had six years with him. Right, I was, was six years right. with him, uh, I mean, and, you had and two we children. were uh, six years unmarried. We married mm. only a few months before he, before his death oh, with our you? children. Yeah. Yeah, and, our um, children. and when when he died, you had two children, and one of them was very young, right? Both of them were very, uh, very young. Yeah. The one was two, and the other one was four and a half. Right, okay. Uh, okay. okay, so they were both young. Um, but, you know, um, as we talked just for Derek now, um, he started to work after we met. He started to work in uh, Goa. So we will visit Goa every winter for three years, 1995, 96, 97. And this is where he's going to give his first teacher trainings. And actually, it was the first teaching, teacher trainings in Ashtanga. And the reason he will do that is because he noticed that many students, they will go away from, uh, from Mysore. They will call themselves... Um, direct students of Sri K. Patabi Joyce, and that will give them the right to teach immediately without any education on uh, variations, without any education on adjustments, uh, just by looking, you know. So basically, um, the number of injuries start to increase at the time uh, in the Ashtanga community. So he said, they're going to do it anyway. At least they need to learn a few things before you know, this situation will start. And so that, actually, yes. The teacher training, was he teaching, I mean, there was very early on before really anyone had any idea of yoga anatomy. I mean, how would that, how did, I, I knew he was teaching in Goa. I didn't, because I mean, I've, you know, I've really been interested in the story and, you know, the, the place for years and I was a student of John's, but I didn't know that he was teaching a teacher training there. How did that look? Like, was he teaching... Uh, and what kind of variations was he teaching? Yeah, I'd be intrigued to know. What kind of variations? Yeah, yeah. And, and was he teaching but, kind of... Yes, the variations that actually they respond to each asana. And, right. uh, you know, each asana should be taught with variations. I mean, uh, this is the way he learned it. This is the way I learned it. This is the way we used to learn yoga. Uh, and that's because there was direct... Uh, contact with a teacher back then. You will not learn from each other. We will learn from the teacher. Now the numbers are too big. Do you know what I mean? So uh, you see a situation in Mysore, people, they go, they study there, that's fine. But if you have 100 people in the class, the teacher cannot 
be with you and teach you. When you have six people, 12 people in the class, then you, and then, you know, you have the ability while you're waiting for the adjustment to see how the teacher is working and operating in the class. You know, that gives you information. And uh, the thing is that for each asana that actually there is in the sequence, there is a line of variations that is very wise a yoga student to learn because this is the knowledge. There's not any other knowledge. I mean, what's well, these the days, There's only one way to do everything, I think. And that's, I mean, you know, one reason of these podcasts is to try and show that yoga is a broader kind of um, uh, idea than just, the, you know, so blank, uh, you know, kind of, kind of linear in its in its development more recently and what you're suggesting and, and I suppose the way you would teach is that you would give variations on a posture if you see it as more facilitative of a student's development is that right? Absolutely. I'm not going to wait you know for somebody to buy in Marityasana day in order to put them in a vasana this is ridiculous mm-hmm. you know I mean there's so many uh, uh, with a variation with a variation, I mean, this is the key. And all this, all this stays on the ignorance of the teachers. The teachers that don't know how to teach variations. They don't know them themselves. So, so what when, is when the Derek key? was getting went to Mysore, he was given variations by Vitabi Joyce. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. Somebody was able to receive the adjustment of Patabi Joyce by the Marityasana D. Or not bind, but he will continue practicing. Right. Okay? Not... I'm not saying that actually take all the postures you know at once. Oh, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. There, uh, but there is a logic behind uh, the way actually uh, we uh, we teach. And we practice up to Navasana. You know, when we introduce somebody, we're going to introduce them up to Navasana, right? Because we want, to, uh, we want them to build up the strength and we want them to build up the memory. They're going to stay there for some time, but for this reason. And then when they have to stop in Kumasana, they're going to work the familiarity with themselves. So we need to see that somebody is not, we don't need to see somebody binding and struggling. We want to see somebody even not binding and be able to be familiar and be able to face himself in a posture. He's working far, in far more emotional situations. Mm-hmm. Then when somebody will finish, you know, because the next stop is going to be uh, the end of the sequence, uh, then it will be because it's going to work on four elements, strength, flexibility, uh, strength, flexibility uh, stamina, and balance. Mm. It's something that it needs as a base, you know. And yeah. the thing is that there is a logic on this. You know, the next stop after, of course, the finishing, which is going to be being already introduced after Navasana, is going to be Kapotasana. It's extreme backbend. You know, and then Ekabadas is Sasana. But all these things, we've already been working on the first sequence. We're not just, you know, criticizing people. There are people that actually they stuck in a Vasana for seven years. This is cruel. <laughs> this is cruel. Because the teacher who has experience of two years, maybe she's been authorized for two years, the teacher considers these people not ready. And they say, in this life, maybe you never do second sequence because you don't come up from the backbends. I mean, do you understand? <laughs> yeah, I'm not, of course. I mean, I, I'm, on the, I'm on the same, you know, you don't have to convince me I'm on the same program. Um, <laughs> well, I remember doing a workshop with you years ago, and I think it was in Leamington Spa, right, with Mark Freeth. Um, you know, you probably don't remember me in the class. I just started, you know, and I was very, very inspired by you at the time. And it was on backbends, I remember. And... Mm-hmm. You had a very different energy. I mean, also being a female teacher and the backbend workshop, it was fantastic. Um, and I was just thinking along those lines, how, when do you introduce the second series to people, as you were mentioning? Does that, I mean, some teachers, early teachers like Nancy Gilgoff were suggesting that they were given the second series. Well, they weren't suggesting, they were saying that Patabi Joyce gave them the second series along with primary series, pretty much. David Swenson, the same thing. We were given this yoga curriculum whereby we did the second series pretty much straight away, you know? Yeah. What, what's your experience? In your uh, well, you know, I think that David and, uh, and Nancy, and this is uh, something that I've been thought about it because of the use of the Drusty and banners and everything, um, they've been already practitioners of yoga for years. So mm, mm. Uh, they had the flexibility and they had the ability, you know, to receive the postures uh, this way at the time. And also... Uh, but David Joyce, you know, he will far more see the individual ability of the person. So basically, I will give second sequence when somebody knows the first one, knows the first one, and practicing the first one 
with good strength and stamina and of course really good breathing i mean this is my criteria the breathing has to be there first okay and then stamina and strength is not going to stop me on giving second sequence if somebody is binding in Matiasanadi or if somebody is binding in Gurmasana. What, how would you qualify good breathing? Can... Full of dry breath, diaphragm, ribs and chest and inhalation and diaphragm, ribs and chest and exhalation. Uh, the sound of Ujjayi, yes. You're still calling it Ujjayi because you know I, these I days... I'm calling it Ujjayi because this is the way I learn it and at the same right, time right, it's right. Ujjayi Pranayama. I mean, I think that uh, if uh, they try to make a, um, a separation, it should be clear about Ujjayi Pranayama and Ujjayi Sound. Right. Okay. So basically, the opening of the nostrils and this emphasis on the back of the throat with really nice gentle way, because the beginning of, obviously, you feel it on the mask and on the throat and the chest, uh, you know, uh, is the sound, the sound of Ujjayi breathing. Right. And actually, uh, and that's really good and important point. We need to give, give emphasis on inhalations, you know, you know, because you may hear somebody breathe with uh, Ujjayi breathing and go like a, like a trick. <laughs> Only an exhalation. But actually, yeah. this breath is connected very much with the Surya, with the sun. So actually, it needs... So the inhalation... Back. Rather than just making, yeah, a strong sound in the exhalation, right? Because it's harder to make. No effort there. Yeah, Only it's, sound. It's <laughs> easy to breathe like that on the exhalation. Yeah, absolutely. You're right, you're absolutely right. And um, on that, I mean, just kind of, I'm kind of wanting to have as much out of you as I can. On that note, I, there, there's not so many. I mean, con, con, considering that there's mainly or more so w- women in the practice than men, there's not so many female teachers and less female teachers that will actually agree to an interview so you are really you know only a small handful of of female practitioners that are you know what i would call very senior teachers um and why, I, is that thing? why is that well i don't know um i don't know i generally bigger egos men um <laughs> to, to cut a long story short there um <laughs> <laughs> you know um i recognized a very different quality in you that i hadn't recognized in any in fact yeah i've never had any other women teaching me before do you, do you feel that there's any difference between men and women and is your experience as a teacher do you think different between uh, being a woman and not a man can you say anything about that or do you think it's relevant at all to be discussed we're well, not many female teachers uh senior female teachers that we're traveling i mean um i can say that but no, I don't think that actually, as soon as you know the techniques and as soon as you have experience, um, I don't find any difference right. between female and female. Okay. Because you see, what's happening is that the method itself mm-hmm. is giving us a, an amazing tool. And this amazing tool is uh, a man is going to recognize and embrace his masculine side, but at the same time, he's going to learn about his about his and the feminine side as well. The same thing is going to happen to women. So basically, um, what is happening is not that actually we try to change practice, by practicing the message, the, sorry, the method, our uh, identity, you know. We're embracing it. We're embracing it. And this is the thing that actually um, I don't find any difference, you know. I don't find any difference because uh, we are human, you know. And uh, at, the same, uh, at the same time, yes, we need to work. We all need to work. <laughs> so, but don't, uh, me personally, no. I don't find any difference. Mm, mm. You don't find that the system is, is structured to a lot more strength than it is to um, kind of a feminine body. There's no difference. When, when, you, when you're referring, it depends how you use the system. Mm, mm. Okay. Now we okay. have this uh, interference mm. of uh, athletes, Dancers, acrobatic uh, situation. You know, the thing is that I have great respect for any type and form of art and, uh, you know, uh, body uh, education, any type, you know. Um, In uh, when we do the yoga, the yoga itself, it has everything. 
Okay, so I stick, um, sorry, I, I start with the same way that I learned. I did not change anything, okay? And I don't change anything because I passed the crisis, uh, you know, that teachers they have on 14 years and say, oh, I had enough of all the situation, you know, going through the frustration and what is this Ashtanga method and uh, I'm going to do my own method. I'm going to yeah. name it myself, you know. Uh, this yeah. is a crisis we passed. Uh, we don't really understand by then how beautiful the Ashtanga method is and how much he's teaching us to look after our bodies by knowing our anatomy, by knowing, even through injuries, by recognizing, you know, what we need to be careful, you know. So um, I just, you know, I just keep the yoga way. Maybe for some it's not yoga way, but this is uh, a part of the lineage is just continue with what you learn. I don't find that there is anything to change in the system. Okay. And, and you've been practicing now for at least 30 years, right? Mm-hmm. Must be. Yeah, right? So what do you, obviously having graduated through practice and through advancing and you've done the advanced A series and, and I think, you know, it says in your biography that Manju uh, has worked with you and certified your advanced A series, which... Is incredible. Um, no, I don't say that in the biography. Uh, well, you, did. you were certified uh, in the, with Manju for the advanced days. Yes, I said that actually I continue my studies with Manju. But the thing is that all yeah. of us with Derek, we took third, uh, uh, first, did it with second, Derek. and advanced A. All of us we did. Okay. Oh, really? uh, oh, and, okay. Man, and, and John and Hamish, and we all did that. We went to Mysore ready. So you okay. all have done it with Derek. You'd all done all Absolutely. those stuff. Absolutely. So um, the thing is that uh, what happened when I was in Mysore, I had a conversation with with uh, Patabi Joyce. He showed me the new shala. It was ruins, uh, not ruins, sorry. They were building it. It was building site. So he took me around to give me a tour for the for the shala. And then he took me up on the top floor above about the shala that actually Saraswati is now. And he said to me, you know, something here is going to be a living room. It was a huge uh, place. And on each corner, it will be a small flat for each one of us. This is mine, this is Manju's, this is Saraswati, and this is Sharat. So his dream was all of the family, all the family to live together. And he said, Manju is going to return. Manju is going to return. So this, this stays in my mind, you know, and... Um, interesting. Mm. Very interesting. Mm, mm. Now, what happened? After his death, obviously, we know the mess. You know, every time a strong man dies, um, in a way, there's a preparation about the situation, how the things are going to uh, change and everything. The sure thing is, because he said to me, I cannot say he didn't say to me, mm. he wanted everyone to be part of this. Okay, so when Manju started to visit uh, Crete, you know, a couple of years after after his father's death, death, um, I understand that actually, and I felt for him because I passed through a similar situation. When Derek died, things have been really ugly. Okay, I stayed without work. I had to, uh, you know, if I wanted to do something, I, have, I had to go to the court at the time and I decided to not do it. Uh, I felt that actually he's not been treated uh, well generally. Mm-hmm. And uh, also that this did not stop, you know, with his death. It continued after that. So basically, um, I understood the position of Manju in a way. And then I called Sharad and I said, listen, um, you know that actually... I am a student and I'm going to be always a student. But this time I need to support Manju. I need to be with Manju because he uh, he needs that. He deserves that. Because what is, what is <laughs> I didn't realize you actually called your hat. And you of got course, through yes, and he spoke to you. And what did he say? What did he say to you? Uh, he was a bit surprised, but then yeah. I think he understood. Because it, for him as well, he was in a, in a strange position at the time. You know, it was just, you know, a couple of years after the death. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know he did not jump directly to the position he is now. And, uh, but I think he understood. And, you know, what is right is right. And I think that uh, basically, uh, as I explained to him, 
I needed to follow the wish of Sri K. Patabu Joyce. Uh, I cannot, you know, because somebody dies doesn't mean that his wish is dying. You know, that's why we are the, we are the students. We are the students there to carry, you know, with what needs to be done. To backtrack on it a bit, so you, you kind of felt that you support Manju uh, as continuing as continuing the lineage of Patabi Joyce. And for what, I mean, to ask a silly question, for what reason? Uh, as, as opposed first to Shabbat. First of all, yes, first of all, um, I met Manju and he was a really nice, really nice man and very caring person. And he came, okay. to, he, he came to teach at the centre. He came for work, six people back then. He came for six people. That yeah. was unbelievable, right? Of course, you know, in a few years, we managed to create a really strong community, you know, and uh, that was really great. And the thing is that, apart from that, it was, I, I couldn't forget what Patabi Joyce wanted. I won't do that, you know, because I got the message. He wants everybody to be part of his lineage. And it, everybody was part of his lineage. He was a father. He was a father. And he was old in age. And he wanted, you know, uh, to make sure that everybody has fair chances, you know. And obviously, you know, Manju is an amazing, compassionate person as well. So uh, it was clear for me that I could not, you know, I mean, I felt secure for Sarah. So, you know, he has his students, he has everyone. Already, you know, some things that were happening, the senior teachers have been kicked out, you know. It was a very strange time. It was a bit like dark time. So I had to take a, uh, a decision, you know, about that. And um, I was right, uh, you know, I was right in my decision. Uh, and at the time, we're creating a community, you know. My students, they have the clarity, you know, to follow, uh, to, to visit Sharat. Is their right to visit whatever place they want to be. The yoga shalas and the yoga centers in the world, they're made for the students. Right? Does, 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 to bring it back to the line, does uh, does Manju teach differently to Sharat? So you, are, I mean, I haven't. Or are they teaching the, the same thing? The same. Right. The sequences are the same. The method is the same. It doesn't change. Um, you cannot so say worse or bad. Yeah. So more your discrepancy is that Manju essentially should have been carrying on the mantle of Patabi Joyce and not, um, you know, not Sharat, right? I, I don't say anything like this. I think right. the fair and the square thing, the fair and the square thing, as it is now, I think, because everybody found his own community, mm. is that we, we as students, we don't treat, you know, the lineage with a different way. We students, whatever they have, they have to deal with between them. Okay. We are there to support. But yeah. at the same time, as senior teachers, we are there to be uh, acknowledged. You know what is the problem, I believe, uh, now is that students that go to Mysore, they pay the fee for the classes, they don't do any karma yoga, they don't do, very few of them that do yoga studies. And they just follow what has been said. That's a that's a good that's a good point. Um, did Derek encourage you to do anything outside the asana? And and do you, for students, encourage people to study yoga philosophy? Or I mean, or yeah, how how would you progress someone's yoga outside just simply the asana? And do you think that's essential? Okay, first of all, there's not simply the asana. Everything else has to do with the body, to me, is the most secret. Without asana, you cannot have spirituality, you cannot have, you know, not, not without asana, without body. <laughs> okay, let's, you know, okay, that's why for me, you know, it's not a, just a study of, uh, I, would, I would say it's far more important for people to experience karma yoga and work for the other people, even, and even more for teachers, even more for teachers. Because if a teacher comes out, you know, from whichever school, and you just open the shala, and it's just continue with the same thing, like I know because I'm teacher, and you don't know because you're a student, and most of them because you know they they do practice five years. Most of these uh, teachers they do practice of five years, and they have a certification authorization on the hand. They think they are the most wise people in the world when they never, they never wash, you know, 12 dishes for other people. Do you know what I mean? 
for the students or I don't know what. They never put themselves in situation to be part of uh, you know of the solution and not just to be to play the role of the solution. <laughs> Do you know what mm. I mean? Is it it's far more important Eastern philosophy, Western philosophy, because you know, I mean, uh, we need to know a little bit of Western philosophy, you know, we are Westerners, most of us, right? Uh, uh, art connection with art, obviously, in my in my soul. If you ask me, all people that love Astanga, they love art. They are artists. They may left their art behind and do Astanga now, but always they're going to carry, you know, the artistic uh, ability. Okay, uh, and one of the most important thing that we forget is that Astanga belongs to the channel of healing. Okay, why we're doing the practice? We're doing the practice because we are balancing ourselves. You know, when our vitality drops, we just need something to st- create stability into our system, into our ecosystem. So how, would that look, how would that balance look practically in the practice? What, how, how would you instruct someone to pursue that balance? Practice. Practice would mm, yeah. be yeah. <laughs> On a practical level, how would you suggest that we could pursue balance and healing in the practice? By practicing. Just by practicing. Just by practicing, right. because we breathe. It's it, like we have a good oxygen meal, you know, uh, for a okay. couple of hours. And at the same time, you know, we are just in this situation of our thinking and perspective, you know, it's, it's just like, it's not like, oh, you know, I have to focus on my problematic area. You hear people, they say my good side, my, my bad side, my this right. side, the other side. The healing is happening all the time of the practice by compassion. The side that's going to be more flexible is going to help the side that is less flexible, meaning that we're not going to keep stretching the side that actually has the, the ability to be stretched. We're going to step back a little bit in order to, the one part to help the other one. So basically, um, is this constant feeling and compassion backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. And you know something that's something really interesting about that and Derek as well, uh, because Derek, the last day he was in the practice place, uh, he looked at me before he takes the taxi to go. And that actually was the last time we had a conversation uh, together face to face. That was a month before he died. Uh, he looked around, it was like full packed of people because it was uh, uh, September time. And he said, This place is not for me. By the time he was taking chemotherapy, Still, he will work. Uh, he will wake up in the morning, going to do his teaching five o'clock. Be there for his students, you know, with all the compassion and love he had. And I said, "Why you say that? You know, I mean, look around you. I mean, it's all these beautiful people, you know. And uh, this is a creation of you." He said, "Yes, but it's a place only for healthy people." So yeah. he hit me. It's a place only for healthy people. So in a in a small part. He failed. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because the practice is for everyone. Mm. The practice, we had 100% faith in the practice. And, uh, he, you know, I listened to that and I was like, wow. You know, I mean, it, it, it followed me after because, uh, you know, I always believe that actually uh, yoga cannot replace everything. You know, cannot replace your lover, cannot replace your family, cannot replace, uh, you know, your healing process, your therapist. But it's going to take you to the right door. It's going to take you to the right door. So after that day, you know, Derek left and he picked up his luggage and he said, if you love me, you and the children are going to stay here. And uh, the truth is that, and this is you, you, the way you see, I mean, how how the practice affected his mind and how... Clear he was at the time, even in this confusion he was passing, that actually he had to protect the people he loved. And um, so where did he go? Where was he? Where did he, he go? Went to, uh, he went for uh, like, he said to me he was uh, going for his chemotherapy course in Royal Marsden in England. And um, in fact, it was like he knew 
because he asked for all the doctors and everyone, you know, to not tell us everything, not tell me anything. Every day he will say on the phone, you know, do your uh, Ashtanga practice, do your meditation practice, eat well, sleep well, you know, giving, uh, and I said to him, please let me come. He would say, no, I don't want you to come. If you love me, you stay. And six days before uh, he died, he went to coma. And then only they told me. Right, <laughs> so okay. basically I was waiting for him to return. So uh, I went back, uh, I went to England and uh, Derek gone in, uh, in uh, 1998. Um, and we, you know, we still continue. So the healing part um, is not just, you know, when you talk, we talk about healing, we are referring as well you know, to sickness. And not, it's not about sickness. Uh, it's about a deep desire of our, of our body, of our heart, you know, for, of our essence to offer to our ecosystem and to the other people around, you know, this caring quality, which is really, really important. So on, on that line then, what, how would you describe a good teacher? What to look for in a good teacher? Okay, I will, I will just, um, okay, I will just say, I will just say what uh, Derek was expecting from us, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. Because this is something that I have more, um, you know, knowledge about what he was expecting from me. First mm-hmm. of all, he will expect from me to uh, be compassionate. Secondly, another quality, really important quality, to have emotional intelligence, to know how to react according to the situation. Because when you are a teacher and give adjustments, or when you are a teacher and you are adapting, you are adapting the practice. Uh, to the student, to a body that you don't know, you know, you need to activate a part of you that actually is going to work with intelligence. And Ayanga was talking a lot about that, you know, about the body intelligence. So when you communicate with your uh, students, you don't communicate with the mind. You communicate with another part of you, body to body, basically. So, um, it's really important emotional intelligence. And this is why the second sequence works a lot. That's why Padabi Joyce used to say first sequence for everyone, second sequence for teachers, third sequence for demonstration, but the demonstration with the most beautiful meaning. Because when you're showing an asana, you need to have control. You need to, to have robotic movement as an astronaut and knows exactly what it does. So it's a higher skill. All right. And um, but but by passing through the second sequence, really you start to understand more and more about uh, the ability of uh, emotional, what the emotional intelligence, the way is is reacting, because you work with the nervous system and you bring you carry this mothering sort of like quality will needs to come up. Um, he's going to be really um, a feminine teacher as well. Is that the- <laughs> Is there something that you could say? <laughs> yes. I mean, I think it has different. I, my, I think that you know that having been taught, say, I recognised at that time, and that you know that there was a very different quality in you as a teacher, as all the other men, pretty much that I had before I came after. You know, um, and I think that's to be acknowledged. You know, I think that's you know, and it's you know, it's to do with you as well. But it, I think it's to do with also. I, you know, I think it is to do with a, a, a different kind of quality that a feminine perspective can bring, you know, and you are. But don't, don't forget that my my main mentor was a male. So, um, you know. You had to I interpret have... that as well. And you've come on and you've taught on your own back, you know, for, for 20 odd years now. And, you know. Yes, I did, because you see what happened. I mean, uh, just to complete uh, a little bit the question before, uh, even, I mean, what happened with Derek was like uh, about the teachers. What happened is like he will, well, he wanted the standard of yoga teacher to be recognized by society. And I think he, he succeeded. You know, he will be very careful about the way he's going to speak, very careful about the way he's going to dress. He's going to be very careful about the way um, he's going to be in his daily life. Always he was expecting for us to go really high standards of practice before we teach. That was, you know. He was kind of like a precursor to a kind of Derek Yoga Alliance. Where exactly. have- <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. The last 20 years is happening, right? Yeah. Uh, 
I'm sorry to say that. I was very, I mean, very low profile. But, you know, I have a feeling that commercialized, you know, commercialized teachers destroys them. And I have a feeling that actually uh, I had to be really sure about myself. I gave a promise to Derek that I will continue with his work because though that everything else fall apart when he died around me, because don't forget, for me, he was my husband, the father of my children. You know, he played many roles. Mm. He left me the knowledge and he left me his children. He left me a purpose, a promise to him. I will continue with his work. I will continue with the teaching. I will continue with the teacher trainings as well. Um, he left me a purpose, you know. And uh, though that actually was really ugly time, um, and I tell you something, so you can maybe you can understand. Uh, after his death, I organized uh, a workshop in England. And um, just direct, you know, two months after. And I don't know how many people we invited. We invited many, many people. It came only one person. So that really grounded me on my feet and said, no, under your own wings. That was a message from Derek. Not with name, the name of Derek. No with a list of anyone. No, no, no. Under your own wings away from the practice place, because freedom is expensive. I mean, this is one thing that I really learned, and I'm so glad that the things happen as they happen. Slowly, slowly, you know, carrying this beautiful essence of teaching and share it with people one by one from scratch. I had to do it on my own wings. (laughs) So you built up from scratch. And, yeah. then, and then the magic thing is that I find myself in Brighton again, you know, mm. after I had to sell my house, I left uh, and then I, I, uh, because I needed a, a soft pillow to restart my work, I find myself in Brighton and me uh, in the South. I was the first Astanga teacher in Brighton. John in London, Hamish in Scotland with Nick Leoning, right? Um, and Ginger in London. We start to build the Astanga community, you know, again. Mm. And um, with the help of students of Derek's, of course, me in Brighton, with Jeannie and Lean and, and uh, Julie Martin and everything. And yeah. that was my first, my first individual jewel. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, you have no idea. I mean, sometimes I just, you know, say it was worth it. All this was so worth it. And, uh, you know, now to be in this position that actually to have the way of Derek's teaching, the way of Patabijay's teaching, be known by, by people that actually they own yoga centers and these people to know and to have this type of emotional intelligence and this beauty and me be able to share with them this beautiful knowledge, you know, uh, in Europe, but not only in Europe. And I am so glad, you know. <laughs> I- you mentioned something different, kind of different and interesting about Derek's kind of code of conduct for this for the yoga teacher, and that was that you were expected to have a personal sense of ethics. But he was quite clear on oh, personal con- conduct, right? Which is interesting. I mean, especially that doesn't seem to come into the realm of <laughs> most yoga teachers these days. That you know. Yes, I mean, uh, uh, I believe uh, that actually what it needs to be done now is that to give to uh, yoga teachers um, uh, the tools to teach, but they need to be ready to, uh, you know, appreciate them. I mean, this is the problem at the moment. Um, everybody can go and do teacher training and pay, you know, two, three thousand euros or whatever and say, okay, give me a paper that actually says 200, 300. What is this? We're talking about thousands of hours on a magic carpet, which is a yoga mat, right? And um, uh, it's funny, you know, when I first started after two years, I thought, you know, I know something. I'm just discovering constantly. And I think, you know, all these individuals, not only from the Ashtanga tradition, uh, they're discovering constantly. And... I will say as well, you know, you, we, we find some changes, you know, but sometimes when we refer back, uh, we understand the meaning, you know. I mean, we say that, in a, for example, in Astanga Vinyasa Yoga, we need to have the Tristana, okay? We need to have gazing, we need to have breathing, we need to have bandhas. 
we're realizing uh, how much this internal alignment and external, of course, because Drusty is so much important. Drusty, uh, they're working all the face and the head, all the way down to the chest. They're working the muscles and they give you direction. And, uh, you know, just, just to do um, a, you know, a small uh, pose here, uh, you know, yoga mala is very thin. Yoga mala is for advanced practitioners, very advanced practitioners. If a student doesn't pass through the Tristana, with the Drusti, to keep building the asanas, you know, and to understand his internal strength and alignments, and using the Drustis that they are up, down, left, right, you know, uh, to find the right position for the muscles, we cannot really take 100% for what is being given from this asana. It is a code to extract, you know, the information or to download the information at the time. So basically, I think what teachers need now is first of all to understand how beautiful it is to have a chance to practice. Not just get into these teacher trainings, grab everything to give them to something or to someone, you know, and not be experienced down to the cell. It is a commercial thing these days, isn't it? Because everyone knows that they can make money. But I mean, at least when I started, and that was a good 10 years after you started, you know, that wasn't really an assumption that you were ever really going to make money out of it, right? Okay. Exactly, yeah. No, it was, it was humanitarian work. And still is. And still Yeah. Uh, we have great interest to humanity. When Derek started doing it, you know, and teaching the teacher training, did people, were they expecting to be making a living out of yoga teacher at that time, as a yoga teacher? All the students that came, they loved the method. And the thing is that they already had good standards of practice. Mm. And a lot of them, they've been to Mysore, and after they traveled to Goa. They'd already been to Mysore? Yes. I mean, he would not really expect, uh, you know, beginners or people that didn't know what they're doing. So, right. But it was, and for him, I tell you, he was teaching by himself. Okay, uh, I was assisting, but I was not assisting. I was learning. Okay, I mean, <laughs> you know, now nowadays you do a teacher training and you go to a yoga studio and say to the main teacher, you say, "Can I help you?" And immediately you expect him to be paid. No, no, no. The teacher, Derek, what he did for me was like he opened his classes, and I was there day by day by day. I think I took very, very few days off when I was giving birth, but then I had to be in again. Mm. And this is so important, you know, the ways the information I received, the information these people they received, because he was teaching by himself 10 hours per day. Didn't he have any, uh, didn't Ginger assist him at all, or John or Hamish assist him? Not, not in these teacher trainings. Right. These teacher trainings uh, were, you know, him and his students. And Gingy really uh, helped Derek, you know, when he was ill because he was teaching classes. Uh, we, me and him, we will go to teach some workshops sometimes when he was not well. Um, I mean, we experienced this amazing uh, brotherhood. And Derek had very good friends as well. He was an amazing uh, friend, you know. Uh, I mean, he had really good friends, you know, from America. I mean, people that actually they were exceptional. And uh, I can really thank them, you know, for all the, you know, all the support because also the relationship with Patapi Chess was really strong, you know, because I hear lately, you know, sometimes people, they talk about Derek, I mean, it doesn't happen often. And they say, you know, he was physical and this and that. First of all, a person who says he's spiritual is not spiritual. <laughs> to me, right? This is my opinion, okay? Mm. Secondly, Derek, he tried really hard to uh, pass, you know, the compassion and the awareness, the awakening to his students, you know. Uh, body is the key to this situation. Without body, you cannot do anything. And at the same time, Patabi Joyce loved him, adored him. The students that will go there from Derek, they will be, they will be really looked after by Patabi Joyce. So, um, I don't know, you know, what else, you know, uh, shows this, but changing the lives of people, definitely, you know, it requires a spirituality, in my opinion, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is what I think is, needs to happen with the, with the students. <laughs> <laughs> 
We're kind of running out of time on the format. This is about an hour. Um, it's been wonderful to have you. Um, I just wanted to say a um, few things about Derek as well, you know, because... Uh, I'm going to be very short. I actually had to, to write them down because yeah. there were so many things, the things that he actually, he was trying to find ways of bringing the knowledge to, uh, you know, to students uh, and to make Stanga known. Okay, he was the first one, uh, as we said before, to look after the teachers and give them information about, uh, you know, how to avoid injuries, what kind of, uh, you know, variations they have to do mm. and everything to use. Um, then he was the first one, uh, actually, that he uh, created the talk primary uh, with words, not one, two, three, four, five, because mm. we have to understand this, that the talk primary that they use in Mysore is for advanced practitioners, is not for people that are learning the method. Okay. So basically, uh, that was a great tool for the Western people because we have a completely different uh, way of understanding and of educate ourselves. Okay. So what he did was very personally, so he sat down and he said, Word by word, the vinyasa. Inhale, jump through, exhale, sit down, satyutadasana. And then inhale, open the chest, exhale, extend forward, hook with two fingers, each one of the big toes. Okay. Inhale, open the chest, look up, exhale, open, extend forward. And the analysis now, this analysis into the asana is not one, two, three, four, five. Pull up the kneecaps and the thighs, open the chest, look your big toes, roll the shoulders back and down. You know, Constantly with the words, verbal adjustments. So verbal adjustments, he was the first one actually to give with such a clarity in a sequence, which requires a lot of knowledge there. Then he was the first one to do the videotape with Radha, right? So he was the first one to, to um, you know, create the charts with a, a professional chart of the practice place. I would say this, these three people, you see upper facing, down with facing, and that, okay? That was the logo of the practice place. And all these, they happen, you know, by John Scott with the guidance of Derek. I mean, how it's going to be done, which postures, and we can see that. It's Hanumanasana inside, postures actually Derek received from Patabichos. Okay, that was a tool to learn the sequence. And then, you know, the first one actually that he... He imagined the sticky yoga mat because he was practicing in uh, in Germany. He lived the carpet. There were not yoga mats at the time. They were doing on a rug. And then he see this sticky thing under the carpet that actually <laughs> they will, they will has the size of a yoga mat, sticky yoga mat. And they will sell it in rolls in Germany. And he went to find the, the place to make it and then he will cut and we will use the first sticky mats in <laughs> increase you know things he will find always ways and the most important way about his that was that was the first yoga mat he like right carpet that was the first yoga mat ever been used (laughs) i I I heard most of the other stories but that one i didn't know yeah well that's that's and the, the but the most important thing about the yoga education he created uh um, how to a curriculum, a way of passing the knowledge to the Westerners. He created the Astanga Yoga beginners course that in 10 classes, he will pass you through with variations. But all of them have to start together, no, no new entries, and all of them they are going to finish together. Then he will do the talk primary. Then he will put you to the Mysore class. So you have to do the course of 10 right. classes. Mm-hmm. 10 classes in talk primary and then Mysore class and that was the way like you're learning a language this is a, is a course and in Mysore you knew exactly not exactly but you had an idea how, how you're going to work so basically uh, that's what I wanted to say his huge yeah. contribution huge contribution of yoga education to the way of teaching it yeah to the way of teaching it and to the way of teaching teachers as well yeah Absolutely. And we continue with that. We continue with that. You are also, you know, a kind of very well-respected teacher in your own right. And um, where can people find you? You're not teaching in Crete right now, are you? But you're teaching a little bit just internationally, right? I am teaching in the summer in Crete, uh, in in a village outside of Rethimna. And uh, we're respecting, uh, you know, the students of Astanga of any tradition of any teachers, and we're going to respect the practice. And 
we, we keep up with the principles uh, of our lineage, you know, with Patabi Joyce, with Krishnamacharya, and definitely with Derek. And um, I want to take the opportunity uh, just to say as well that we do workshops in the winter and around Europe. We're going to go to Bali as well um, and uh, teacher trainings as well, whoever wants to involve more. But we need to have a really strong base for that. Please don't show up if you don't have a really good base. And if you are not really in a position to take a teacher training, <laughs> please don't come. <laughs> and uh, these days, uh, most teachers would just say, "Yeah, just come and pay me some money." <laughs> no, okay. We're not like this. We may not be the most wealthy, but it's okay. <laughs> and uh, uh, what I wanted really to uh, to say, apart from thanking you for giving me the opportunity to speak about Derek, is that I would like to thank you know my children. Because the being my three children, my three beautiful children, because for me, the being uh, the strength of my life. And I would like to thank a lot uh, the people that are supporting me and they know who they are and they will laugh when they listen to this. <laughs> thank you very much, Christina. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for everything.